Welcome back to another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast. My voice might sound a little different than the one you were expecting to hear at the start of this. Uh, this is Dave Melton get, coming to you live from Northwest Indiana tonight. Brad Replinger is not here. He's down on assignment uh, hoping to rehabilitate the upper body injury he recently came down with, and we're uh, hoping for a full recovery. He'll be back to the team shortly. Um, there is one familiar voice with me tonight, and that is Brandon Kane. Brandon, say hi to the people. Hello, my people. Well done. And we have a new voice for you tonight, making his first ever Second City Hockey podcast appearance. All the way from Parts Unknown, according to his Twitter bio, it's Shepard Price. Hello. Uh, that's the wrestling fan in me, the Parts Unknown. All the best, all the best came from Parts Unknown. The thing is, you're the only hockey so. fan who's also a wrestling fan. There's like no oh. overlap between those fan bases whatsoever. No overlap. There's no. not. There's certainly not two of us on on this podcast. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Very true. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's the number one thing I learned about hockey fans when Twitter got bigger. Was oh my god, a lot of these people also watch wrestling. I had no idea. And then I'm not knocking it. Just I, I I never got back into wrestling after walking away from it in college. But it's it seems interesting. Every Monday night I see a s- series of hilarious tweets from people. So we're well represented. Yes, yes, you are as well. So. But that's not this podcast. I'm sure, Shepard, if you wanted to do your hockey or wrestling podcast, I'm sure we can work that into the summer because we're here in the middle of August. There's n- Well, there actually is something that happened today, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But for the most part, this is the time of year when the hockey calendar goes the most quiet. There's nothing happening until today when Philip Holm signed with the Blackhawks on a one-year deal. And we're going to put him into the fire right away. Shepard Price apparently has thoughts and opinions or something to say about this signing. So, Shepard, what you got? Yeah, uh, that, that's right. Uh, I covered Philip Holm a little bit uh, uh, the first year I started writing about hockey with uh, our sister's site, uh, Nights on Ice. I was their Wolves correspondent. He, was, he played for the Wolves for a few games. He's in the mold of the Rockford Ice Hog defenseman you'd expect this season with the incoming Adam Boquist and probably incoming Nicholas Bowden uh, and Chad Kreis, all these guys who are offensively minded and move the puck really well. Let's fill up home to a T. Uh, he put up a good amount of points last year in the KHL. He put up 26. He's put up 38 in the only AHL season he's played. He does a lot of things well, and they're all mostly on the offensive side of the puck. Um, I don't know how much time he'll get on the power play this season, considering the, the names I just mentioned that'll, probably surpass him but as a veteran sort of leader on this team with at, at 27 he's certainly their oldest defense uh he is someone they could all look up to and see like that's how pros play is philip home has sort of mastered that style that all those all these young prospects are going after so we're clearly expecting him to be in rockford not in chicago this year I'd, I'd say I'd say so. Okay. Uh, I, if he if he was going to make the NHL at 27, it feels like he would have already done so. Okay. Because I mean, it, the Blocks Hawks already have cornered the market on fringe NHL and AHL defensemen. So adding another one that might end up playing for the Blackhawks wouldn't be too far from what they've done over the last few years. Um, the the update on the acquisition of. Philip Holm that appeared at the Second City Hockey website today was written by Brandon Kane. And Brandon, did you have any anything you learned while you were researching for that article? He was teammates with Eric Gustafson um, for one season. I think it was 
2012 and 2013 in Sweden's second division. And I have no clue if they were paired together or whatnot. Um, but I was like, oh, that's something, I guess. <laughs> oh, there's uh, no there's no Corsica <laughs> data for the Swedish league? I, I'm sure Jeremy Carlton has it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was just like, oh, nice note. Throw that in there. That's about it. Um, but, yeah, Philip has found a new home. In, uh, huh. I was going to say he's a stay-at-home. Uh, he's a yeah, yeah. defenseman, uh, but he's very much not so that. Oh God, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna encourage him now. You're gonna join in this party. Like I thought, without Brad here, we don't have anyone to keep Brandon under control. And Shepard, if you're just gonna be encouraging Brandon making these jokes, we just have less uh, shoutouts. Puns, puns there, are what I'm here for. There's there's gonna be a hundred percent fewer shoutouts tonight, <laughs> Brandon. You're absolutely right about that. Um, so I, I don't see any any other reason to spend much more time talking about Philip Holm unless you guys have something really burning that you would like to add to this conversation. Zero. No, no <laughs> I, I think we're good. Uh, besides more puns, I think we're good. <laughs> well, I mean, puns are puns are acceptable. It's it's the shout-outs that Brad Brad used up our <laughs> quota of shout-outs in the last podcast. He used up the entire 2019 quota, so I don't think we can use any more puns. Though we're we're here for him. So. So moving on to our next topic on our list of things here that we wanted to talk about tonight. Um, a few weeks ago, the Blackhawks fan convention happened in downtown Chicago. And if you're still looking for some information on that, uh, Shaylin and Megan are Puck and Write Chicago podcast that goes on Mondays under the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. They did a great job of recapping everything that happened, and they were there. So if you want a firsthand account of everything that happened, feel free to dig back into the podcast archives and they can give you everything you were looking for but i just wanted to talk to you two in general um first off have either one of you been to the blackhawks fan convention before i have uh, so have. so negative for both of you well i i have when'd you go yes i've gone to i've gone to the last two okay so you were there this year as well yes i was so what do you think about it uh, i i i generally think as a big chance to interact with the players, they usually abilities, and they actually get a chance to show their personalities. It's sort of it's sort of the yeah. I, I guess is the place where the convention is. Nope. I think you, we're losing Shepard. Yeah. I, I, well, there we go. We got you now. I, that, that reception okay. must not be very good in the parts unknown. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, just try so that last sentence again. The there you go. I sort of fell in love with Alex. Okay. The, the, the convention is the place I've sort of fallen in love with Alex DeBrincat's personality. That's the sort of the first place I learned about, like, how much of a character he is off the ice. Okay. Yeah, because it seems like that's – if you're – if, like, that's the closest you're going to get to – talking or just being around the players where they're not going to be just spouting off cliche after cliche after cliche. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good thing. The convention does is that like, it's a genuine moment for everybody. Okay. I mean, was there any particular um, panels or any other activities that you remember experiencing this year that were stuck out in your memory at all? Uh, the, the talks with the prospects, so uh, this year, Khrushchev, Boquist, Bowden, and uh, it was Entwistle were, were all a, a uh, 
panel. And so they got to they got a chance to talk to each other and the interaction between Boquist and Entwistle was great. Now, did they have like did you go to any of the autograph sessions? I know that's usually a big thing that they have at the fan conventions. Uh the ones I've I sort of went to are the legends this year, so Bel Belfour and Chelios and Okay. Yeah. Uh Belfour sold out really quickly. I could first time there. I could I could imagine, yeah, because I, I, I know any of the older fans. That's that's one of the that's one of like the cult legends from that like the early mid nineties Blackhawks. I think Belfort's probably near the top of the list just because he doesn't do media stuff. Like Ronick was obviously the fan favorite of that team, but he, you know, we see him all the time. You know, we see I him all think... the time, and it sort of ruins the Ronick experience <laughs> seeing him all the time. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's really unfortunate sometimes, but yeah. Um, yeah, Belfort, I could see them selling out. Yeah, that's, I think that's the more interesting part for, like, fans of – like, if you're going to go to the convention is to maybe you get to run into players from, like, 20, 30 years ago. Like, the players now – I mean, you know, they're – obviously we're all fans of them and we're watching them now, but I'm not as – I would be – I'd be way more excited about running into, like, for me it would be Eric Daze. That was my guy back in the night in the late 90s, early 2000s, or Steve Sullivan if, they, if he ever showed up to a fan convention. But – um but yeah, so have you guys is um I Shepard, you said you've been to the Blackhawks one. Brandon, you ha- said you haven't been to the Blackhawks one. Have you guys been to any other fan conventions? I haven't. I haven't been to any. Cause I've yeah, got, I, neither have I. Okay, because I've I went to two or three of the Bears ones in the mid two thousands, I wanna say. And and I, that's where I, I won't say it ruined conventions for me, but I, I it changed my perspective on it because I was like like 16, 17, 18 when I was going to these things. And the, I remember I, it would have been 2005 because it was the 20th anniversary of the 85 Bears. And I have never seen so many, like, dads chasing after other grown men for autographs. And it was the weirdest experience <laughs> of my life, watching, like, these 40-year-old men hunting down Willie Galt and, like, Mike Richardson, all these players as they're walking in. Like, we were situated – we spent a good – 20 30 minutes just hanging out in the lobby waiting for something to start that night and we had, we didn't realize it at the time but we were by the entrance where all the players were coming in and every time the door opened like 30 people would sprint to see who it was and half the time it was like one of the 85 bears and we sat there and just watched as like I remember like Gary Fensick walked by Jimbo Covert walked by like all these guys and then just all these autograph hounds everywhere I didn't even <laughs> know this was a thing and I was just as I was watching this I'm like God, if I turn into that when I'm 40, someone shoot me. It was such a bizarre <laughs> experience for me. I don't know if you guys have had any similar experiences at things you've been. Even if you go to games now, I think you see it a little bit. And I think there's been some backlash of players, like, refusing to sign autographs because they're just signing autographs for this weird guy who's just going to sell them on eBay for 50 bucks. And they're, you know, it's I, – I don't – I can understand why a player wouldn't want to do that because after a while you're just – you know, you're not signing it for, like, a kid that he's going to hang on his – bedroom wall or anything you're going to some dude who's trying to make money off of you i i, I don't know and, and i feel like i'm an old man yelling at the cloud talking about this what you guys had any experiences like that no like you said i think uh old old guys going for their, their signature they're going to sell is a much different scenario than kids who are actually going to hang on to these things i don't think an athlete turning down that situation is good but the but the old guy i understand yeah, I think that with the Cubs convention, from what I've seen televised in that, and then the same with the Blackhawks convention, 
obviously both are brainchilds of John McDonough. I think he's done a great job with both organizations of making it friendly for kids and also for like the, the older guy who wants to autograph type. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a good blend of like, here's panels and stuff for the younger fans. And then here's like autographs and stuff for the older folks. And it's more like organized in that. And it's not like some random guy, you know, comes out and it's like a dash to see who it is. Um, So maybe he learns from going to a bears convention. Like you didn't was like, well, this is nope, not doing that anymore. And had it more organized. Um, Yeah. It's, it was creepy. It was just, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah. The one of the very good things about the Blackhawks convention is that it's, it is very, really well organized. I, I remember I, 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 I've been to one Hawks convention and it was in 2009. And it was actually, I worked it as a volunteer because I remember going, they used to have this, I don't know if they still do it. Maybe Shepard, you might know, because they used to have this Chicago sports job fair every summer or it was like in April and you got free tickets to a Wolves game because the convention was uh, at the Allstate Arena. And like the Blackhawks one year were just looking for their street team and they're looking for volunteers for the fan convention because I think it was the first one they ever had. And so I, I worked it and it was, I, I don't, I, unfortunately I have no good stories. Like I had no interaction with any of the players. I think I ran, they had like a, uh, a target practice where you could like replic- replicate the shoot the puck from the super skills competition. And I worked that for like eight hours straight, which was, it was fine. I got free food out of it. So it's not a bad deal. But anyway, uh, the, the point I was trying to make with this is something. I, oh, now I remember is like, I remember there was one point I was working. I, I ended up at that shoot the puff thing, but I started at like the, the welcome area, if you will. And I remember like, I ran into like, there was like 30 or 40 like families. Like it was just like one after another, all these people like ran down those, like the, you could see like the excitement on the kids' faces and the parents were excited because their kids were excited. And they're like, we've never been here before. What do we do? And then like, we just had to like send them to get their like arrival package or whatever it was. And like, it was, it was kind of a cool thing just to see how excited people were about the Blackhawks because at that time they were just getting good. But like, for like families and kids, I feel like that's exactly what it's for. So it's not, a, I don't think there are like conventions are a bad thing. Like what, what are your guys thoughts on fan conventions in general? I think they're good. And I think the Blackhawks having theirs at the last week of July is perfect timing because you have um, the draft is done. Free agency's done. The development camp is over. And then you have a week where it's just like dead and then the convention. So it kind of like, keeps them in the conversation in the you know the sports totem pole or whatever of the city and then things just die in august so it's like their last like pole of hockey i guess and being relevant for you know the next two months they're not going to be so i think it's a good timing on them and then you got the dead period and so it's sort of like the last opportunity for the blackhawks to get out their content Oh, it's not their last opportunity. I mean, it's their last <laughs> opportunity to obtain it, but they'll disperse it all August long like they have been doing. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel like every two or three days now I'm seeing a new thing at the Blackhawks website. Like, they had, like, things from the prospect camp. They had a another, you know, like, I think yesterday or earlier today they had a blog with Andrew Shaw from the convention. So, yeah, they got they got content for the next month because, you know, nothing's going to happen. 
hopefully, yeah, hopefully nothing happens in August. Because usually, for, from an NHL perspective, anything that can happen in August is probably going to be bad. So yeah, but I think it's I don't know like how many other teams do conventions, but like I wouldn't be like upset or anything if other teams followed suit with what the Blackhawks are doing in that regard. I mean, like, like they're they're a business. They're in the business of making money. And I'm sure they make an ungodly amount of money over that fan convention, and that's, I mean, that's 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 how business works. They're trying to make money, and I'm sure, like, I, I've seen those ticket prices. They're they're not they're not cheap. So, yeah, and it's, and it's something fans have been proven proven willing to pay for because it, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's an opportunity you don't get otherwise. Yeah, I mean, clearly, there's Ash Shalen and Megan. They were thrilled about it. So. Again, as we're uh, hearing the doldrums of the hockey schedule, we were discussing earlier today what kind of things we could uh, discuss, and we landed on a topic that I think uh, was something we could also revisit during the season while it's fresh, more fresh in people's minds, but just talking about the general in-game experience of Blackhawks games. Now, none of us are season ticket holders. Um, I know I went to a game with Brandon, I, and I personally make it usually like two or three games a year. Um, and Brandon, I think you're about the same, right? For yeah, for Blackhawks okay. games, yeah. And then, and then Shepard, what about you? I, I imagine you've been to a game at some point, but are you like a? I don't know if you have you're able to go, or if you if you go regularly. Like, how often are you at the United Center for Blackhawks games? So my father is a season tickets holder, but oh, okay. because because I'm getting my master's degree uh, in a state that's not Illinois. Um, I don't get to go to that many games. So when I am in town, I, my dad and I usually go to a game or two. Okay. So you've, so you, you've had the full in-game experience is what we're trying to get at here. And, yes. Yeah. And I, I guess that's just like the general thing we want, uh, wanted to talk about here is just what, what are your guys' thoughts on what's what the in-game experience? Like, I guess the big thing is with the way ticket prices keep going up. Um, I mean, even on the second end market, they're going up like crazy. Is it, I guess, do you guys find that it's worth it to go see Blackhawks games still? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, the, it's the best sport to see live. Easily. Oh, yeah, by far. By far the easiest. Oh. And, and the Blackhawks are the Blackhawks. So going to see the Blackhawks live is better than seeing the Blackhawks on TV. I think – I feel like Brandon may, may have a counterpoint to that. <laughs> um, I would say team-wise, hockey is the best sport to see live. But, like, just overall, I want to see fights live. Like <laughs> – like give me give me some MMA fights, give me combat sports live. Like the the gasp and the reaction that you get from the crowd, you can't like that doesn't come over on a TV or a stream. Like, but when you're there in person, like there's just nothing like it because like the whole building is just like oh, um, when a knockout happens or something like that. Um, I think it's still worth the money to go. Um, my thing is whenever I want to go to a game, I always try and pick up like a matchup or something that I'm interested in seeing. Um, so I know we went, Dave and I went to a Red Wings game. So that was like, Oh, like old rivalry kind of deal. So that was nice. Um, I went to Keith's, uh, 1000th game. So that was like a a special thing where I like kind of, mapped out and i was like oh that'll be that night so Mm -hmm. get a ticket now um early on and sometimes it's like well 
I know tickets will be cheap for this game because this team is bad. <laughs> so uh, let's go to that, um, which is why I'm going to the White Sox game on Wednesday against the Astros. Uh, oh, well, the Astros are good, and White Sox tickets are cheap, and it's Dollar Dog Wednesday, so yeah. why not? Oh, man. I'm going, I think I'm going to, in two weeks on a Wednesday night, and, yeah, Dollar Hot Dog Wednesdays. It was criminal that they took them away for three or four years, and I'm so happy that they're back. I will report. I will report back on the next Second City Hockey podcast with how many hot dogs I had, unless I end up in the hospital because I ate too many. <laughs> yeah, what's your uh, what's your hot dog per inning? That's that's the important statistic. There was a, there's a video of <laughs> it was it was a very I don't know what company it was. Katie Nolan and some old company she used to work for where they tried to do the nine 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 challenge, which oh. was nine hot dogs and nine beers and nine innings, and I think they only made it to like five each. Plus, they're at a Mets game, so it's in New York, so it probably costs like ninety dollars each right. for that. Um, but I, I don't, I like, I feel like after like two or three, I would just get bored because I mean, they're the dollar hot dogs. They're not going to give you like the full Chicago style dog. It's going to be right. like you know half a slice of bread and part of the hot dog. It's not going to be high quality. So, <laughs> speaking after, of, speaking after two or three, I'm gonna have to leave and go get actual food. Speaking of someone who's had the the, the dollar hot dogs. Uh, you're, it's it's Wonder Bread and 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 one like very small hot dog. So you're so the one. You're the one. It's ba- it's basically a hot dog <laughs> shot, is what you're. Yeah. Getting. Okay. Yeah. But it's only it's, a dollar. It's very so. dry. It's very dry. Okay. What what'd you put on it? I don't put anything on hot dogs. Okay. Okay. I just want to see if we could get uh, get Brandon to yell at you for putting ketchup on it because no, never. Must, <laughs> it's, on 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 pork hot dogs, mustard. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, what sport are we talking about? Hockey again? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. the the downside of going to a game is one, you have to put pants on. Um, <laughs> that's very obvious. Yeah. And and two, you like, I think we're so accustomed to watching games online and like being active on social media and that, where you kind of like have that pull to like check in and whatnot. Um, and that's definitely easier to do at like a baseball game where you have like more of that, like free time in between action, whereas hockey, it's like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be able to get off your all caps name of the person who scored the goal tweet when you're at the game. Right. Right. Or, well, you will, but it just might take like eight <laughs> minutes to have it go through. Right, um, right. So I guess that's like kind of the like forward thinking, like, this is how, younger people are watching the game now like compared to like when the Blackhawks started getting good like that wasn't a part of the viewing experience and that's how that's changed throughout time I almost only within like a decade which is crazy to think about yeah I kind of even hate myself just for the thought that like when I, I I sometimes when you go to the game and you're like you're missing out on like the observations of other people or like the beat reporters and like I'm at the game and I'm thinking about what I'm missing on Twitter. It's like, it's just, I feel like an idiot and just it's such a, such a dumb thing to be worried about when you're at the game live and it's happening in front of you. Like can't, you can't get in your head just to watch it yourself and not think about what other, just like watch it and observe it for yourself and think about it. But, but that's what happens sometimes when you go to live games, I guess. Um, I mean, is there anything, I, I, one thing I, that you talked about, Brandon, that I didn't want to touch on is um, because the Cubs got good the last two to three, four years, however long it's been, I find that the best time to go to games, well, if you're looking for the best value on tickets, 
is weeknights in October because and, – and it's going to apply even more now with the way the Bears are supposed to be awesome. Well, so I checked that going to be awesome. But <laughs> the, it seems like the entire sports world – well, the Chicago sports world takes its time to get to the Blackhawks, especially if the Cubs make a deep October playoff run and the Bears start off 6-0 and or when the Bears start 6-0. and Um so the attention doesn't really get to the Blackhawks yet. If you go to a weeknight game, you buy the tickets like the morning of on StubHub, SeatGeek, whatever your secondhand market du jour is, there's usually some really good deals. Like I think I went to a game last year for I think 40 bucks for 300-level seats, which used nice. to be is un, was unheard of for a while, like 2015, 2016, when the Hawks were really at the height of their powers. Um, but now it seems like they they've had – three seasons that didn't end the way they wanted. Um, I think the the hype on the Hawks is down a little bit compared, especially compared to the Cubs and the bears. So if you're, I'm like, I'm actually making mental note, October, November, some of those weeknight games that are coming up uh, in the next few months, I think that's going to be the time to, if you're not a season ticket holder and you're trying to get into the stadium, that's the best time to go by far. Yeah. Let's just hope there's not like that double downer. Like there was this past October. I think it was when it was, the Bears lost to the the Patriots in crushing fashion, oh. and then the Blackhawks got absolutely murdered by the Lightning. Oh. A couple hours later, like let's not have that happen again. Sh- Shepard, are you a football guy at all? I I, know this- I I am, and this is when I expose the fact that I am not a Chicago Bears fan. Well, who's your team then? The Detroit Lions. Oh God! My I, first, I, my, it, first it, it, my, my, my reactions are a combination my, of anger and pity. It is my karmic, <laughs> it, it is my karmic reckoning. For, be, for becoming a Blackhawks fan post 2010, like I became, I became, I became a Blackhawks fan, like after the lockout, and so like it's my karmic reckoning that I have to suffer through the Detroit Lions. Oh, I, I guess. I mean, I mean that's mean, fair. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a Bears <laughs> fan, or I'm a I'm a White Sox fan, so that's my my karmic reckoning for. I am also I, a White I, Sox I fan. 2005. So uh, okay. So so we can. Dave, we know what together. mine is, right? I no. willingly watch Chicago Fire soccer games. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've put way too many hours of my life into watching that stupid team. Um, but then I'm like, oh, the Red Stars, they're really good sometimes. Yeah. As of late, they're really good. But I'm still, I'm still upset about the trade of Kristen Press. Don't talk to me about Sam Kerr. <laughs> um, you know but, what? I guess while we're kind of on the topic, and just in the city of Chicago – Best in-game experience that you guys have had, which stadium, Ooh. which one would it be? And then let's, let's take cost out of it. Just what, just the pure experience, uh, which one? Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. So which, which one would you guys pick? I don't know how many of the stadiums you guys have been to, but. Taking cost out of it. I think I, I got to go United Center and the Blackhawks because again, I, as a person who loves hockey, there's nothing that beats it. Brandon. I would say Wrigley. As, like, actually going to the game, not, like, being on a rooftop or anything like that. Like, going okay. to a game okay. in the summer, yeah, that's what I'd go with. And then United Center's number two. I, th- I think the United Center's – I think there's number, but, a, like, a good Bears game at Soldier Field, because there's 65,000 people there compared mm. to just 22 in the United Center, it's it's a tough that's – a, that's a good – and. I don't know. I'd have a hard time picking one. Can I, I, I'd like to cop out and say a Blackhawks game at Soldier Field because that's the best by far. No, well, of course. 
Christopher Steed goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but and there's, um, there's a, a partnership that the Blackhawks have with Culture City that, Brandon, you, you mentioned this to me earlier today, and you want to mention something about that? Yeah. So I think with arenas around the country now, I guess North America, whatever it would be, um, Culture City is having a partnership with different arena groups and teams where they're having like a sensory room, I guess you could call it. Um, there's probably a more technical name than that, but um, so it's a, it's a room in the arena um, where fans can go to if they have sensory issues um, where it's like sensory overload with whether it be music, lights, whatever oh, that, it would be. Or that pregame show with all the lasers and everything they get yeah. doing. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, like, we've all covered, like, whether it be, like, high school, college, or, um, you know, minor league, what have you. Um, and I feel like even after I get done with the game, I'm like, wow, that was, like, a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a nice um, partnership idea that, both the Blackhawks and Bulls are doing at the United Center. And I think that area is available during concerts as well. There are other events that are at the arena. Um, so I just think it's nice to be like inclusive of, you know, all fans that would go. Um, and maybe there's, you know, someone with, you know, a parent that has a kid with special needs and the kid wants to go to a game, but the parents kind of hesitant because they know that, the child might not react as well. Um, so they're able to be more willing to go to a game and be like, okay, well, I do have this area that I could go to um, with them if something were to happen and they need kind of time away from the game. Um, yeah, and there's still cool. like, I think there's a, a TV or something in that area too. So you right. can you can go there and still watch the action, but it's a quiet room and um, you can still take in the event if you yeah, need I think, to. Yeah, I, I think it's a really smart idea, that, and it's it's a great thing to be more inclusive of all the fans that go to these games, and it's a great thing that the Blackhawks and the Bulls together are taking this on, on their own, and right. uh, I like that it's been sort of, there's been more movement towards sensory in, uh, inclusion and in all, in all sports, because we, we recently saw a new wrestling promotion, let's be going back to that, pop up when they're they're more sensory include and uh inclusive yeah because i I imagine if you're if you're somewhat sensitive to any of that like like it can be absolute sensory overload at at a at a any pro sporting event these days with the way it seems like all the teams are trying to one-up each other with their their pregame videos and light shows and lasers and sounds and just everything it can be like i i even if you're not sensitive to that stuff it can still be a bunch so if you're extra sensitive i can only imagine what that must feel like have yeah. either one of you guys been to a concert at the united center just out of curiosity i haven't neither have i oh, all right well never mind then because I, <laughs> I i i went once it was a smashing pumpkins last year it was actually quite a pleasant experience i'd never it was it was weird to be at a concert with seats because most of the concerts i go to there's not like a seating area yeah but it, it, hmm. it's it's a pretty nice venue for a concert not not too bad good acoustics good acoustics yeah i mean it was uh it was everything sounded good to me i'm not a major like i don't have a great ear for music i i love music and going to concerts but i like i have no critical knowledge of it at all 
So it always sounds good to me. So, I mean, I can tell you, I was in the bathroom and I heard like three notes and realized, oh, they're playing Stairway to Heaven, which was weird, but also kind of interesting. Um, so, hmm. yeah, good, good segue, Dave. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, out of all the, I mean, I think maybe, I guess we'll start off, we'll restrict this to the Blackhawks and then maybe we can branch out beyond hockey, but what's the most memorable moment you guys have seen in person? And Shepard, we'll start with you. I don't know whether this moment is good or bad because I have a very bad memory. But uh, the most recent game I went to was the game where Jace Howerluck scored two goals on the Blackhawks just out of nowhere. This <laughs> this Florida Panthers prospect who probably didn't play more than 15 games with them just exploding against the Blackhawks. And uh, that's that's my memory of it is just – the team that Q now coaches beating Colleton's team. Was was that was that really early in the season? That was December. December, that okay. Was, yeah. So you've never you haven't been to you that's the I know that's the most recent memory. You've never been to anything more memorable than that? Or best uh, game? I, I have I have a bad memory for these sort of things. Okay. So I, I went to a game against the Sharks in twenty seventeen, I think, where Kruger scored two goals or twenty sixteen. <laughs> Where he, Kruger? Where he had a two Marcus Kruger scored yeah. two goals in one yeah. game. Yeah, you sure? The, I think he was well, holy shit! The, it was one of the <laughs> it was one of the very few games where Marcus Kruger was a, was one of the three stars of the game. Well, I'll he be scored, damned. He scored five goals that season. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a special moment watching watching that guy get a. a, a I'm, sort of I'm, honored I'm, like I'm looking this up on Hockey Reference because I don't believe you. I, I might be wrong, but I know for sure he was one of the three stars, and that's what I remember because okay. how often is the fourth-line center the third star, of the, the second or third star of the game? Like when, when he got – when Kruger got traded away for the last time or, you know, when they I, – I can't remember. It was when they traded him away the first time, I wrote, like, the farewell Kruger piece. And I remember it as I was researching, like, big moments in his career – he scored the against the Ducks in 2015. He scored like a triple overtime goal that uh, I think it was game four, three or four. Was but it was like it was, it was the longest game in Blackhawks. I think it was the longest postseason game in Blackhawks history. And I had no idea he scored the goal. Was that the game where uh, Shaw had butted the goal and that didn't count? In the yeah, favorite? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was that yeah. one. Like, like, and then like it was a few minutes later. I think Seabrook like he first off Seabrook like one time the puck out of mid air and got it near the net and it hit Kruger's like I think it hit his like chest and dropped down and he just like got half a stick on it and tipped it in Brandon what about you what's your most memorable in-game Blackhawks experience 2004 first round game six against the Blues Blackhawks scored wait 2004 or 2014 okay I was about to say I no 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 no. yeah 2014 (laughs) That, the 2004 Hawks were not going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They were not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they scored four goals in the third period. and Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that game because it was – Ryan Miller was ass. Yeah, well, Ryan Miller was ass that whole series. It was great. I remember what the, the St. Louis trade for Ryan Miller and everyone, like they became like the sexy pick to make a deep playoff run because now they had a goalie. And then, yeah, well, 
It just took a couple of years, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a, and a different goalie. God, yeah. I, I, I forgot that St. Louis did that. I like until yeah. I hadn't even thought about it for two months, but yeah, St. Louis did the, they did the thing. Yeah. But that was nice because that was actually the delayed 16th birthday present for one of my younger brothers. And I took him to that game. So not bad. Not bad. Double uh, double meaning, and that was his first Blackhawks game at the UC. <laughs> that's that's a gets a great start. So it's I like set the bar up. way too damn high. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, most memorable like I got I was at the the Blackhawks game at Soldier Field, which I think is by far the best, just because it was hockey in a snow globe. Like it was. Well, I, like I remember the game. Like when the tickets went on sale, they sold out in like half a second. I was really pissed off because I really wanted to go to that game. And then I remember, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, the game was on Saturday night, and Tuesday or Wednesday, the forecast came out. It was going to start at, like, 20 and plummet into single digits by the end of the game, and it was going to snow the whole time. And, like, two days after that forecast came out, the ticket prices were down to, like, 70 bucks for an, an end zone tickets. So I took me and my, my younger brother, Jeff, we went to that game, and that is – by far the best in-game ex- just I, I, I just I, I remember just standing in my seat and just like looking around at the snow falling in the hockey and like like I was like a kid looking inside the window of a candy store like it was just a it was the coolest scene I've ever witnessed in person and then I guess the, the other one that comes to mind is I was at uh, Ben Smith's game six overtime goal against the Canucks back in 2011 yeah 2011 when they forced the game seven against uh, against the Canucks. And I remember everybody heckling Roberto Luongo heavily when he got yanked out of the game or when he came into the game because Michael Froelich broke Corey Schneider and then right. Luongo came on, got heckled. And then I remember Vancouver decided, well, Luongo's mental state is completely shot, so we're just not going to let the Blackhawks get a shot on goal. And they didn't for about 25 minutes, and it was terrifying. And then Ben Smith won the game. So I'm um, guessing that this past season's Winter Classic is number three? Yeah, that that one was cool, but I, I the game was ass. But no, that game was the game was entertaining. I I thought that game was a lot of fun, but I don't know the yeah yeah the the winter class winter classic this year was pretty cool. I still think I am um, like I grew up a Notre Dame fan too, so that was pretty cool. But this I I think the the snow at Soldier Field just is by far the best. Gotcha. It's it's hard to top that. So. I remember going to the Patriots Bears game where the Bears put up 36, uh, 36 yards against the Patriots, thirty six points, and that oh, was again that's the, the snow in the in the in. Soviet oh, field. yeah, I okay, and I because I, I, yeah, it was like snowing sideways, and I think it was like thirty five nothing at halftime or something stupid like that. Yep, Jake the Jay Cutler Bears. Oh God. What what was it? all right then uh, following up from our last question? What's the best in game sports experience you've had anywhere? Ooh, like actually, or, or just be... your your most memorable moment that a most memorable game you've ever been to. Like it has to be a game. <laughs> well, I, all right. What's yours, then, Brandon? Go ahead. <laughs> um, mine is memorable because it was disappointing. um so i went to a college wrestling duel and everything everything had it was between oklahoma state and wyoming 
and everything had set up to like the hometown kid was going to win and he did and that was like the whole like thing like the kid was from there it was like a hometown duel and all that but then the team ended up losing so it was like yeah this guy knocked off a two-time reigning ncaa champ who's undefeated and everything but the team still lost the duel and they got there were like two upsets like that guy and the other guy like the guy right before him they got upset wins but then their guys who were supposed to get bonus point wins lost so it was like everything was going their way and then just nope got taken out from under them and i was like well what am I? I can't write this story now. I just rewrite it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is garbage." Um, but from like a strict fan perspective, I went to the 2014. That was a good year for me, apparently. Um, yes. Chicago Fire home opener against the New York Red Bulls, and I met Terry Henry. Oh, okay. And I was just like, "Oh, hey, uh, hey." <laughs> You so you were one of the weird guys hounding adults for autographs. No, like we just we just went to like the the tunnel entrance, and when you do like the thing, like I'll just put your hand over, like to like give you a high five, whatever. And mm-hmm. he like stopped and turned around at us, and I was just like, oh, that, oh, that's that's Terry Henry. I don't know what to do right now. Like words <laughs> should come out of my mouth, and <laughs> so it's like the only like time I can remember being like starstruck and being like, oh, that's yeah. It's not like it was Clint Dempsey or something. Man. Mm. I did see him this summer at the uh, Women's National Team watch party downtown. Oh, not bad. Yeah, that was weird. Are you going to go, just... go see the fire versus uh, the Washington team that Rooney plays for? Because you got to go see Wayne. No. No, because no, but... then you have to watch the fire. <laughs> no, he left for uh, Derby County. Oh, he, like, he, he, he went back? Yeah, he, he went I back had, to England. <laughs> that makes already. that makes sense. Shepard, what about you? What's your most uh, most memorable? What uh, first comes to mind for you? It's probably even if it's show. a wrestling duel meet. It's hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably that snow game, like, the the Bears against the Patriots, because I was a Patriots fan at the time, and my dad has always been a Bears fan, and just Wait. watching him suffer through this cold, where the Bears are doing next to nothing on offense. And Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Watching Tom Brady live is got to be the mo- one of the most memorable experiences of my life. You were a Patriots fan at the time. How does that? How does this work? So I've always been a, I've always been more of a player guy. I'm a Russell Westbrook okay. fan. I'm not I'm not an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. So I'm now with Houston. Uh, I was a Wes Welker guy. Uh, okay. For a long time. All right. Fair enough. Because you're so, like, oh, that guy looks like me. <laughs> that's how no, I would I identify. I, I, I like I, I'm a sucker for the undersized uh hardworking athlete. That's why I like the brain cat. Okay. Alright. Well then how the hell did you end up in who's the scrappy underdog on the Detroit Lions? Uh it was their twenty fourteen defense. I liked I liked okay. how heavy and big they were and they got robbed. Big, big and that's boys. Oh. The, against the, the against the Cowboys. That wasn't like the, the yes yes they did get robbed. That wasn't like the Louis Delmas area lines, was it? Because I really really hated Louis Delmas. I don't something about him just drove me insane. I don't believe so, but that, okay. it was it was the uh, DeAndre Levy. Okay. Like, 
That was a that was a slightly less hateable team, slightly less hateable Detroit team. I just associate the Lions with like Thanksgiving and really shitty football games. (laughs) Thanksgiving (laughs) and misery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's our that's our brand. (laughs) And also the place where they randomly play the MAC championship game. Oh yeah, yeah. I my my favorite. Well, I, I can't call this the best game I ever attended because, it, like Brandon said, it ended up being an ultimate disappointment. But this kind of ties into the Ben Smith thing because I went to – in 2005, I got to go to game one of the ALCS for the White Sox. And if I don't know, if Shepard, if you remember, the White Sox team that year went, I think, 12 – or has it been 11-1 and one in the playoffs. And guess that who was, was – guess which game they lost, Shepard? Guess the, which the game? The one you went to. The, the one, one I went to. to. The one <laughs> – playoff game in my life of the White Sox I've been able to go to and they lost well they, I mean to be fair they won the rest of them yeah. so that's that's all I'm really I, know, I just I, I like I, I thought I was cursed because I, I was also at the Bears Eagles playoff game in 2001 when Donovan McNabb just did Donovan McNabb things for three hours and I went home sad and I so I thought I was cursed like I couldn't win the like if I was in attendance at a playoff game, the Chicago team was going to lose until Ben Smith cured me of my cure, a curse. And I'm eternally grateful to Ben Smith for doing that. I do have like a most disappointing of not seeing a player that I wanted to see outcome. I went to Iowa to see Baez play and he got called up that day and didn't play. <laughs> so, so, then, so then you just drove to Iowa as, as you do. No, like I was, I was like the day before I had gone there. Oh, oh you were already there, like hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like so you like so visiting you a, people. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, at least like you, we were in Cedar Rapids, so it's like kind of closer. Uh, but okay. well, yeah. I don't, so I'm not with the, the geography of Iowa at the moment, but I know Iowa's far. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so that was disappointing. And then the same thing happened with Wilson Contreras, where. I went down to see him play when they were in Colorado Springs. And like that morning, they were like, oh, he's been called up. And I was like, well, I'm already here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it happened again. But. Uh, all right, guys. Well, um, I guess this almost hockey podcast, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up from there. Um, I don't know. Uh, we, we'll, we'll, we've got more Friday shows coming up. We'll, we'll probably do one next Friday with a guest that's uh, to be determined. And we'll probably have a Wednesday show coming up. We'll have some more. Uh, there'll be some Monday Puck and Ride Chicago podcast coming up. Um, this is the time of year where we'll get really creative with what we talk about. So if you have any suggestions for us, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Um, I am underscore Dave Melton. Brandon, your handle is Brandon M. Kane. Is that what it is? I should have learned this by now probably. Yep. M stands for Michelangelo. It's exactly what I would have thought. And Shepard, your Twitter <laughs> handle is at Shepard Price. At Shepard Price. Simple. See, how did you get your name? That's not fair. I some Papa John's franchise owner in like Ohio has underscore. <laughs> I'm very upset about it because he hasn't tweeted in like eight years. So, uh, but well, anyway, how many Shepherds. Do you know how many Shepherds do you know? And then think about that, and think about how I spell my name. Okay. and that's how you get your own your own handle all right well you're saying i need to be more original is that where you're getting at uh, yeah brad okay. brad melton is a very i feel <laughs> well, like a very common name you just call me brad melton i did because i'm <laughs> dumb 
<laughs> That's all right. It happens. Um, well, uh, anyway, I think that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for following along. Thanks for reading along. We appreciate everyone that uh, and takes in the content that we created. We're really doing this. Um, we do this for fun. So we're, we're glad to see you guys all take it in. Um, you can follow the Second City Hockey main account on Twitter. It's at 2ND City Hockey. We're right in the middle of our top 25, under 25 series. So feel free to check that out at the website at secondcityhockey.com. And uh, come back around next week where we'll have some more podcasts for your ears. Until then, we will see you later. Out. <laughs>